This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue our study of the book of beginnings, Genesis, with a pleasing aroma, God blesses Noah, sign of the covenant, Noah and the wine, and descendants of Japheth. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. The Apostle Paul faced many challenges. One of them was a group he called the false apostles, people who claimed to be apostles. And on occasion, three occasions in fact, Paul had opportunity to defend his own apostleship. He usually told the story of that encounter on the Damascus Road. Now we know Paul was an apostle. We know the other apostles named in Scripture. Are there apostles today? What if there's one out there who's claiming to be an apostle and saying, we owe her the same kind of fealty, loyalty, and obedience that we owe to the real apostles. Welcome back to Issues Etc. It's This Week in Pop Christianity. Today, Apostle Catherine Crick says she has a prophetic word for the body of Christ. Pastor Chris Rosebro joins us. He's pastor of Consfinger Lutheran Church in Oslo, Minnesota, and creator and host of the YouTube channel Fighting for the Faith. Chris, welcome back. Thanks for having me back, Todd. In this context, when someone claims to be an apostle, what do they mean? So uh, we'll we'll say within the New Apostolic Reformation, the general consensus is that an apostle is somebody that Christ has chosen to be able to basically exert or use or utilize extraordinary power and authority from Christ— And so oftentimes apostles are looked to be leaders of movements, leaders of church denominations and things like this. It's important to note that some denominations, when they use the word apostle, they're referring to a missionary. In no way are they saying that the person has some kind of special gift or anything like that. They're just saying that they are somebody sent by a church organization for the purpose of planting churches. But that's not what Catherine Crick is. Catherine Crick is somebody who a false prophet in Africa prophesied over her and claimed that she was an apostle. And so she's believed this prophecy, and now she legitimately believes she has direct revelation that she receives from God that everybody within the body of Christ is required to listen to and to obey. That's the authority with which she is operating, and that's what she means when she says she's an apostle. What does the Bible mean when it talks about apostles? So the biblical term apostle, very common phrase in the Bible, apostolos, it can be somebody who has no extraordinary authority. These can be generic messengers from people. And so, you know, you'll note that Barnabas is listed as an apostle, but he's not of the same type of apostle that we see Paul and Peter being. And so there's a second category of apostle given in Scripture, and this is borne out in the definition in the Greek, and that is somebody with extraordinary authority from God. So you'll note that Christ set apart 12 men to be his apostles. And with that apostolic authority, they had the ability to actually speak on behalf of Christ. You'll note the Apostle Paul 
although he is the 13th fellow, he's an apostle of Jesus Christ, he's in a unique group, he's able to give commands for Christ. And so in 1 Corinthians, there's a notable section where Paul says, you know, the Lord gives this command, not me. And then he says something else and says, well, uh, this is me saying this, this is not a command of the Lord. And then in 1 Corinthians 14, the apostle Paul legitimately says that uh, women are to remain silent in the churches and then notes that this is a command of the Lord and that anybody who does not recognize this cannot be recognized in the church. And so the second understanding of apostle is one with extraordinary authority from God in this particular case, and that it was the apostles who wrote the New Testament. It's the apostles who Christ entrusted with the gospel to be the eyewitnesses, and the apostles spoke with the authority of Christ. And so when we talk about apostles, we have to make a distinction between kind of ordinary messengers and those who had extraordinary authority. The apostles that were actually called by Christ, their ministry was attended with the same signs and wonders that Jesus' ministry was. That was part of the verification, if you would, of their true apostleship. They could heal, raise the dead, all those kinds of things by the power of God's word. Has uh, Catherine Crick done any of those things? I think she likes to think that she has. Um, There's been a notable number of people who've been exposing her so-called ministry. It is very well documented that she engages in theodramas, is the best way I can put it, where she has people come up and they manifest demons and she commands them to leave and things like this. And the people that she's been using for her theodramas also appear on other notable YouTube channels by other notable people who claim to be demon slayers and stuff like this. And so there's a category, we call them crisis actors. And so she has absolutely used crisis actors for the purpose of basically making it sound like and it appear that she has the authority to cast out demons and command sicknesses to leave and things like this. But these are all false signs and false wonders. Who is she? So Catherine Crick the best way I can describe her is is that she's a very ambitious woman, young woman, who has basically a washed out musical career. She tried to make her way in the music industry and in Hollywood and that didn't work out. And then uh, she went to some kind of a revival held by a African word of faith heretic in Los Angeles and then traveled to Africa and and received this prophetic word that she was an apostle. She totally bought into it and for the past few years has been one of these meteoric rising stars within the charismatic movement. I would note, you know, most people who are charismatics or Christians, if you spend any time on YouTube, then you've had her videos promoted as something that you need to watch because she is somebody who knows how to milk the YouTube algorithm for all that it's worth, and she's garnered for herself a very, very large following around the world. What are we going to hear first from her? So we're going to be listening to a message that was delivered on October 29th, and the title of it claims that it's a prophetic word for the entire body of Christ. And so the first soundbite is going to be her legitimately verifying that this message that she has is for everybody in the body of Christ. She's speaking with apostolic authority. So today I have a prophetic word for you all for the body of Christ. Yes. This is a prophetic ministry, so there's no such thing as rigid, planned sermons, but it is led by the Holy Spirit. And it's a prophetic ministry where God's rhema word comes forth. 
and there's sometimes significant times when God really wants to speak something. Not, not just like revelation from the word that helps us grow and such like in most sermons, but sometimes God has this a significant word of direction, of correction that he wants to bring. The true children of God with pure hearts will see and hear where God is moving, who he's moving through, who his servants are to equip the uh, true anointed apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And so this is how it's supposed to be in the body of Christ for so long um, since we have not had the apostles and prophets by and large in the body of Christ. By and large, they are not accepted. How it has been actually in mainstream Christianity is that apostles and prophets aren't really accepted, acknowledged. And so therefore, the rest of the body of Christ pretty much um, doesn't know where to find them, that they're out there. You know, and so that's made it so that the body of Christ, by and large, they haven't been able to hear words of God, of direction that he's speaking, of correction that he's speaking, words of God for the whole body of Christ. Like, I'm moving here, come here. There's um, wrong things you're doing here. You need to correct your ways. All of you come this way, you know. Um, Rather, it's been church by church. Just people staying in their own churches and not looking to the body of Christ as a whole. God's, we're a whole body. So before we get into parsing what she said there, what does she mean by rhema word? Okay, so in the charismatic movement, they try to make a distinction between a rhema word and a logos word. And a rhema word is supposed to be, you know, they're totally misusing the Greek here, is supposed to be some kind of now fresh revelation from God. And so what they've done is they've noted that in the Greek there's several words for the word word, and rhema is one of them, logos is another. This is a false claim of theirs that God wants to send out rhema words. These are fresh revelations, fresh prophecies, fresh strategies, and and words that God wants. And so she's basically using that charismatic buzzword to say that what she's bringing forth to the body of Christ is a, a, a rhema word, a now word, and you need to listen to it. And immediately by doing so, we would note that Scripture commands us. God the Holy Spirit has commanded us through the Apostle John, who we know was an, a valid apostle of Jesus Christ. And in 1 John 4, he writes, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. So she's taken it upon herself to release this word without it being tested. And so one of the things we'll be doing is we'll, we'll be testing to see if this is really a word from God. But it's sufficient for now that she's claimed that she is speaking as an apostle, and this is a word for the entire body of Christ, and God is speaking, and we're all supposed to be listening to him through her. So she bemoans the fact that alleged apostles like herself are not recognized by other Christians. Why is that? Because there are no apostles today. I would note that when it comes to apostles with authority, uh, you know, this is the type that Christ's apostles were, that no such person exists in the body of Christ today. You'll note that when the apostles of Jesus Christ are finishing their course, they have established the office of the pastor and have made it very clear that moving forward, the job of the pastor is to preach the word. 
And so there are specific qualifications given for who can be a pastor and what his moral qualifications, doctrinal qualifications are. When it comes to ongoing apostles, there are no qualifications given because it's not an office that continues to be filled by human beings in perpetuity. As a result of it, anyone claiming to be an apostle with this type of authority, we can already tell, is a false apostle. And then if you look at the actual biblical qualifications to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, uh, you have to be an eyewitness of the resurrection of Jesus and called by him. And so I would note that Catherine Crick does not qualify as any such thing, and she doesn't meet the biblical qualifications. Even if she were living at the time of the Apostle Peter, she does not meet the biblical qualifications to be an apostle. We are talking about Catherine Crick's claim to be an apostle and to have a prophetic word for the whole body of Christ. We'll hear more from her on that after the break. Pastor Chris Rosebro is our guest. Right now, many churches are planning their budgets for the next fiscal year. You can promote your confessional Lutheran church and support the worldwide outreach of issues, etc. by becoming a congregational sponsor. When your church pledges $1,000, we'll publicize your congregation on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Learn more on the Support Donate page at issuesetc.org. Don't miss your congregation's budget deadline. Become an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. The Christian religion is not like a buffet line, a modern smorgasbord of beliefs offering a wide range of tempting choices. Rather, it is the good deposit handed down to us in the scriptures through the history of the church that we might believe and confess who Jesus Christ is. To learn more about Pick and Choose Religion, pick up your copy of the November issue of The Lutheran Witness. To subscribe, visit cph.org slash witness or learn more at our website witness.lcms.org. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. This is Pastor Matthew Harrison, President of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The LCMS operates the second largest parochial school system in the United States. What can you expect from a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod school? There's one race, the human race. And Jesus died for the sins of every man, woman, and child from every land and every nation. Life begins at conception. All life is precious from womb to tomb. And every student, parent, and teacher is created in the very image of God. There's right and wrong, and we know which is which from the Ten Commandments. There are only two sexes, male and female, he created them. Marriage is the lifelong union of one man and one woman. There's such a thing as objective, absolute truth, and it's found in the person and work of Jesus Christ and his word. To find a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod school near you, visit lcms.org schools. An oasis in the desert of pop American Christianity. You're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Bethlehem Lutheran, Fairborn, Ohio. Faith Lutheran, Dunedin, Florida. Holy Cross Lutheran, Carlisle, Iowa. Emmanuel Lutheran, Pensacola, Florida. Mount Calvary Lutheran, Lidditz, Pennsylvania. Peace Lutheran, Sussex, Wisconsin. Risen Savior Lutheran, Basor, Kansas. St. John Lutheran, Waverly, Iowa. St. Peter Lutheran, Arlington, Wisconsin. And Trinity Lutheran, Weatherford, Texas. 
Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including issues, etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click support, donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Remember, Christians are lovers of the truth. A Christian cherishes not only the truths of Scripture, but all truth. Most conspiracy theories are not good faith attempts to find the truth. Rather, they are deliberate and elaborate attempts to deny the truth. For this reason alone, Christians should avoid conspiracy theories. That's from the Issues Etc. book of, that's from the Issues Etc. journal, my latest article, Yes, Elvis is Dead, But God is in His Heaven, a pastoral response to conspiracy theories. We also have a Wittenberg Trail feature from Julie Stegemeyer on the embodiment of faith. You can subscribe absolutely free to the Issues Etc. journal. It's online. Go to our website, issuesetc.org, click the red subscription button, enter your email address, and we'll send you the latest Issues Etc. journal. We're talking about Catherine Crick and her claims to be an apostle and to have a message for the entire church. Pastor Chris Rosebro of Fighting for the Faith is our guest. Chris, what is next from Catherine Crick? This next one is uh, actually terrifying in its implications, and that is is we're going to listen to her basically as she's building up to revealing this prophetic message, laying groundwork that would basically say that you need to give her unquestioning authority over your life and recognize that she is a messenger. She's somebody sent by God. Today, this word is, is not only for fivefold church. This word is actually for the whole body of Christ. As I look to the screen, this word is a body for the entire body of Christ. So first of all, throughout the word of God, throughout the Bible, there have been several different moves of God. You know, with each move of God that we see in the Bible from Old Testament to New Testament, the move of God is always having a leader, a leader of the move of God, because this is how God has chosen to do it. This is how he has chosen to move through vessels. We have to accept that. Amen. The Bible says, Matthew ten forty: anyone who receives you receives me. Anyone who receives you receives me. So Jesus is saying this to the disciples. Anyone who receives you receives me. Powerful. Why? Because this is how God chooses to move through vessels. You can't separate the move of God from God's vessels, from his servants leading the move of God. You cannot separate it. This is a principle that we have to accept. And so we see in the move of God of deliverance of the Israelites out of Egypt, God sent Moses to lead this move of God. And Moses had to be accepted. They couldn't go rogue and get delivered their own way. They would have missed out on the deliverance and been stuck in Egypt. But the deliverance, but the deliverance movement would have continued. If you want the move of God, if you want to be part of the move of God, if you want revival, you also have to accept God's servants leading the revival, leading the move of God. Moses had to be accepted. 
If you want to receive the miracles, you have to do it God's way. You have to accept God's leader, and then the miracles will happen. You will experience revival. So this is God's principle. Um, we, get, we don't get to choose who the servant of God that will lead the move of God will be. We have to accept. So if we don't accept, we're not accepting God, actually, because this is how God wants to move. So it's a big deal to not accept God's servants. God has not changed. His principles have not changed. So it's really just as severe as rejecting Moses in Moses' time, rejecting Elijah in Elijah's time, rejecting Elisha in Elisha's time, rejecting Joshua in Joshua's time, rejecting Peter in Peter's time, rejecting Paul in Paul's time, rejecting Jesus in Jesus' time. So just connect the dots for us, speak with Chris. So she is legitimately arguing that to reject her is the same as rejecting Christ in Christ's time. That uh, because according to her, the, her meta-narrative that she's put over the scripture, God always chooses people to work through, therefore you, they had to be accepted unquestioningly, and if you don't accept the leaders that God has sent for the moves of God, then you are legitimately opposing God. And note by the list that she gave, she legitimately compared herself to Jesus Christ. And that's one of the most terrifying bits of all of this, is that this woman has such a high and mighty view of herself and her alleged calling that she puts herself next to Jesus. We're going to hear more of that in the upcoming sound bites, but at least know that. But in this one, it's very clear what she's saying. You oppose me. You don't accept me. You aren't accepting God and the thing that God wants to do in the earth. And you, you are on the wrong side of the will of God. What's next? So in the next soundbite, we're going to hear that she's going to compare herself to Jesus again and explain why people rejected Jesus, one particular person. We're going to fact check this biblically. And then why they reject her. In the time of Jesus, that so many people did not receive him. And it was the people that should have received him the most were the ones that rejected him the most because it was his own people. It was the people in his his town, hometown. It was the people in his nation. It was the, 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 the people of God that rejected Jesus. And it says in John 1.10, he came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. John 1, verse 45. It says, we have found the very person. Philip went to look for Nathaniel and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathaniel. Can anything good come from Nazareth? So, you know, this is quite the monumental news that we have found the person Moses and his prophets wrote about. That's quite monumental news. But because of where Jesus was from, 
immediately this guy rejected Jesus, wouldn't even give him a chance. We see this happening today. I've seen this happen in my life. I've seen how because my spiritual father is from Africa, there are people who have prejudices and biases against literally people in Africa in general. So what was she saying there? So she's basically saying, listen, you know, the, Jesus was rejected by Nathaniel because of where he was from. And guess what? I, Catherine Crick, just like Jesus, I have been rejected because my spiritual father comes from Africa. But here's where we're going to note we have a very clear case where we can test to see whether this woman is really sent by God. And let me explain. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 13, here's one of the qualifications as far as tests go for prophets. If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder that he tells you comes to pass, and if he says, let us go after other gods which you have not known and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for Yahweh your God is testing you to know whether you love Yahweh your God with all your heart, with all your soul. You shall walk after Yahweh your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice, and you shall serve him and hold fast to him. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has taught rebellion against Yahweh your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of slavery. So here's how this test then works out, is that there's always a theological test for somebody who claims to be a prophet. And if they're telling you to go after a different God, and there's different ways to do that by twisting up the scriptures and basically evacuating the true definition of biblical terms and pouring into them false meanings, that's one way of doing it. And the other thing is completely twisting God's word. So the question is, does she pass the theological test necessary for us to view her as a true prophet? Answer, no, and here's the reason why. Because in quoting John chapter 1, she completely twists this text and makes it sound like Nathaniel continued to reject Jesus and that he just rejected Jesus out of hand. It's not true. So let me read the text. Gospel of John chapter 143, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also in the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, Well, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So you'll note that um, Nathaniel, although he has skepticism regarding Jesus because he comes from Nazareth to begin with, later becomes a believer in Jesus. In that same text, she just didn't read the rest of it out. But on top of it, she shows that she hasn't studied and really understands what's going on in this biblical text because Nathaniel is none other than the, the apostle Bartholomew. 
that's who he is. John just refers to him using his Hebrew name rather than Bartholomew, the one that would have been a little easier for the Greek speakers to say. And so you'll note that not only did Nathaniel not reject Christ, he believed in him and became the apostle Bartholomew. And so this shows that she is absolutely duplicitously twisting scripture, omitting important parts in order to exalt herself and make herself look like she's on the same level as one who was sent by God, just like Jesus was. And Jesus was rejected by Nathaniel, and I'm being rejected because my spiritual father is from Africa. This shows that she fails the doctrinal test spectacularly and proves that she's definitively a false apostle and a false prophet. Up next, we will hear how Catherine Crick claims to have become an apostle. Pastor Chris Rosebro is our guest of Fighting for the Faith. I'm Todd Wilkin. This is Issues Etc. This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue our study of the book of beginnings, Genesis, with A Pleasing Aroma, God Blesses Noah, Sign of the Covenant, Noah and the Wine, and Descendants of Japheth. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. How can conspiracy theories become a form of idolatry? I've written a column for the latest issues, etc., a journal titled, Yes, Elvis is Dead, But God is in His Heaven, a pastoral response to conspiracy theories. We'll send it to you for free. Just click the red journal subscription button in the right-hand column at issuesetc.org. In the Wittenberg Trail feature, Julie Stegemeyer writes about her path from Methodism to Lutheranism. The free online issues, etc., journal, issuesetc.org. It's not about you. It's about Jesus for you. You're listening to Issues Etc. Luther Academy provides additional theological education for our mission partners around the world, specifically pastors who are asking for additional education but do not have the necessary resources in their own church bodies. By donating to Luther Academy today, you will be supplying food, housing, books, professors, and travel for Lutheran pastors who attend our conferences. To learn more about Luther Academy and how you can donate today, visit lutheracademy.com, lutheracademy.com. Do you long for a church that celebrates the divine service with reverence and joy, but without the unbiblical baggage imposed by a supposedly infallible hierarchy? Do you long for a church that confesses a divinely instituted office of the holy ministry for the giving of the Lord's gifts to his people and yet values and lifts high the priesthood of all believers? Welcome to the Lutheran Church. We're what you've been looking for. Find an historic, authentic church near you on the Find a Church page at issuesetc.org. Welcome back to Issues Etc. It's This Week in Pop Christianity. Today, Apostle Catherine Crick's claim to be an apostle and to have a prophetic word for the body of Christ. Pastor Chris Roseborough, Fighting for the Faith, is our guest. Chris, what should we be listening for in this next cut? Next one, we are going to be listening to her, how she surrendered herself, and she is an apostle and a prophet. Her giving her her own credentials. And today, today, servants of God 
have been called by God. They have received prophetic words from God. 2 Peter 1 verse 19, we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. The true prophetic word from a true prophet of God is completely reliable. No question about it. And you will do well to pay attention to it. As to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. And I relate with this. I too have a prophetic word from my spiritual father, prophet, Dr. Jordavi. I never wanted to be an apostle. I never wanted to be a minister. I never wanted to be a pastor of a church. I never wanted to preach. I never desired to be a praying for people. Never did I desire that or want that. I did not call myself. I did not choose myself. This is not my venture, but this is all God's. I surrendered to God um, about exactly eight years ago, surrendered everything to God, including my plans, dreams, and will. And I was positioning myself at that point of surrender to go wherever God wanted me to go and be whoever God wanted me to be and do whatever he wanted me to do. Okay, so what completely reliable prophetic word is Peter really talking about there in his epistle? Yeah, you notice that she she twisted up that text pretty good. In fact, she pointed us in the exact wrong direction that Peter is pointing us to. So applying the three rules for sound biblical exegesis, context, context, and context, let me read Second Peter chapter 1. I'll start in verse 16. The verse in question is 19, and I'll keep reading all the way to 21. Here's what it says. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased, we ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of men, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. In other words, what Peter was pointing to was he wasn't saying that everybody who has a prophetic word today, it is absolutely 100% reliable and you can trust it. No, as he was getting ready to finish his course, Peter is not far away from being crucified upside down at this point when he writes Second Peter. And so as he's finishing his course, he's not pointing us to ongoing prophetic words. Instead, in this very passage, he's pointing us to the written scriptures and noting that the prophetic word in the Bible is even more sure of a word of God than the voice he heard on the Mount of Transfiguration. And he's saying to us that we need to pay attention to the scriptures as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, until either you die or Christ returns. That's what Peter was saying. And so now she's twisted up two 
text, I mean, noticeably and like embarrassingly saying the opposite of what they actually say, which again shows she's not qualified to even teach Sunday school to three-year-olds, let alone claim to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, regardless of how much she surrendered to God. So she really is taking Peter's words and making them mean the opposite of what Peter is saying. Yep, she's taking Peter's words there in, in Second Peter and flipping them, putting them on their head and making it say the exact opposite of what he said. We have one final cut from Catherine Crick. This is the, the nub of the actual prophetic word now for the entire body of Christ. And this would actually be a message for you and for I as well. But listen to what she says. Now I'm going to, to share this prophetic word that God has for the body of Christ and has for leaders in the body of Christ. It is not okay to just sit comfortably in your churches, sitting comfortably and not supporting what God is doing now, not saying anything, not saying even hallelujah for a new move that God has brought. This is not okay. God is asking you to say something, to stand with God, to not fight God anymore, to not try to stop his move anymore like a ceiling that has been put over the move of God, trying to stifle the move of God. This move of God is going to reach the entire world. This move of God is not optional for the body of Christ. I repeat, this move of God is not optional for the body of Christ. When the when it was time for God to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt and then go into the promised land, God wasn't asking them if they wanted to come. He was commanding them and calling them, come, all of you. This revival is not just for some denominations. This move of God is not just for those who like revival and woo, revivals now, we like to say this. No, this is the end time revival. For the entire body of Christ. And so just as it was an, a move of God for all of God's people in the times of Moses, just as it was a move of God for all of God's people in the Acts church. It is a move of God for all of God's people now. All of God's people. It is not optional. And this word is very seriously for the older generation leaders in the body of Christ. There's a principle of life and a principle in the kingdom that of, of passing the baton. God wants the older generation leaders in the body of Christ to pass the baton to the new generation. So I'm trying to figure out what she actually wants to have happen here. Let's take my example. Does she want the president of my church body... Matt Harrison say, okay, Catherine Crick, you're in charge of the denomination now. Yes. 
Okay. That's, that's exactly right. It's not that much. No, no, it's not too much to ask. And as the pastor of Kongs of Inger Lutheran Church, I need to surrender. I need to pass the baton to Catherine Crick and this move of God and, and the new leaders that are being raised up for whatever this end times revival is. And uh, we didn't have time for it in, in our sound bites, but she goes on to say to leaders, if you do not pass the baton willingly, God will take the baton from you. And I got to tell you, in all the years I've been watching false apostles and false prophets, this one stands out because this is the most cult-like that I've ever heard anybody in this movement. And she sounds more like Jim Jones than she does, than, you know, like Patricia King or other people like that. She legitimately sounds like she is demanding that unyielding, unquestioning allegiance to her. She demands complete submission to her. You have to recognize she's from God. And if you don't pass the baton to her and have Matt Harrison pass over the LCMS to her, then you are opposing God and you, you and God's going to, he's going to get you. you there, there'll be consequences. I've never heard anything quite like this. At the same time, does it surprise you given the trajectory of this new apostolic reformation? No. <laughs> It, it doesn't. One has to wonder if the man of lawlessness is a woman. I mean, that's just how breathtaking this is. But the thing is, is that once you abandon Sola Scriptura and you listen to people who are claiming that they're hearing direct revelations from God, it is just a matter of time before people like this arrive. And I think she's she's going to be one of many. But she's just the latest iteration of this. But no, when you abandon hearing the voice of God in the Scripture and you're chasing after every new fresh rhema word that's supposed to be from God, it's just a matter of time before the devil sends somebody like this. And I would note, I don't say this very often, Catherine Crick is one of the few people that I legitimately think is demon-possessed. These are doctrines of demons and this unquestioning demand for allegiance and comparing herself with Christ. I can't think of anything more demonic than that. Pastor Chris Rosebro is pastor of Consfinger Lutheran Church in Oslo, Minnesota. He's creator and host of the YouTube channel Fighting for the Faith. Be sure to check out Chris's YouTube channel and subscribe. You'll find a link at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Chris, thanks. Thank you. Issues Etc. has been brought to you in part this week by LCMS Ministry to the Armed Forces. Lutheran Church Missouri Synod chaplains deliver word and sacrament ministry to our military personnel and their families Learn more at lcms.org slash armed forces. Serving those who serve, LCMS Ministry to the Armed Forces, lcms.org slash armed forces. Next week on Issues Etc., we'll study the hymn, Come Ye Thankful People Come, with Pastor Will Whedon. We'll find out why Dr. Jordan Cooper isn't Roman Catholic, and we'll continue our series, Kids Have Questions, with Pastor Jonathan Connor. I'm Todd Wilkin. Go to church on Sunday. Thanks for listening to Issues Etc. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc., is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.
Would you like to learn about the Reformation theology you hear on issues, etc.? We'll send you a pamphlet of Luther's small catechism for free. It contains the biblical teachings on the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, Baptism, the Lord's Supper, and Confession and Absolution. Order your free copy of Luther's Small Catechism today. Just send your name and mailing address to talkback at issuesetc.org. In a world awash with all sorts of information, opinions, and ideas, there is still a place where God's Word is the central and only focus. Messiah Lutheran Church, 801 North Madison, Lebanon, Illinois. At 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings, God's people gather there to listen to Him. There you will find His words of law and gospel, and of course, our Lord's Holy Supper. Bible classes focus on the Bible and the Lutheran confessions. Come, listen, believe, and live, and check out our website at messiahlebanon.org.